0: Mission Dorothy Podcast with your hostess, Tamika Williams. Hey, 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 it is Tamika here with Mission Dorothy. Thank you so much for joining me today with the Mission Dorothy Podcast. I am so excited to be back and to come with some fresh knowledge for you guys in order to Help you move forward in this life in the most authentic way possible. How are you guys doing? I hope that you are doing fantastic. If not, I hope that you feel better tomorrow, right? But you know, you got to do the work in order to get there. And so you can't expect for things to change if you're not doing anything to change it, right? So I hope that you guys are doing good. I hope your day was great. Today was a pretty good day for me. Uh, I went and hung out with my daughter and her boyfriend and we went to Top Golf and played a couple of rounds of golf. And then we left there and she took me to this place called The Works, which I've never been there. And so for you guys who are here in Atlanta, I want you guys to definitely check it out. The Works is a man, you know, it really kind of reminds me of the flea market, not flea market, but the farmer's market that's downtown Atlanta. It reminds me of that the way it used to be back in the day when I was small, when I was like, you know, a teen and it's a fantastic place. They have, uh, you know, sometimes they'll have like, uh, live bands. Uh, they have all of these restaurants and, you know, stores that you can go to there. It's like, it's like a, mm, it's a different version or the new mall, so to speak right you have kind of like this food court and then you have these stores and then you have a lot of like little sitting areas where if you wanted to go and post up there and just do a little computer work you can but it's a really cute place the only the only issue I had with it today is parking right you know here y'all don't come here don't nobody else move to Georgia please nobody else okay because we are packed to the ceiling right It's like, I don't care where you go, it's always a parking issue, but real talk, that is simply because they do not want to put the rail system and the MARTA buses all over Georgia, which that's a whole another conversation right there. So anywho, let me get to the topic at hand, (laughs) but anyways, it was a fantastic day. I really enjoyed spending time with my mini me. And her boyfriend, and uh, you know, it's nothing like being able to spend that quality time with your kids. Well, she's a young woman now, not ne- she's not a little girl anymore. So, anywho, um, let's get started. Let's get started. Enough small talk, right? So Imposter syndrome. Have you been there? Have you had the issues when it comes to imposter syndrome? And, you know, I'll be honest. I've had some issues with imposter syndrome before, Um, especially, you know, when I decided to start doing couples therapy, I felt like a fraud because I've never been married. Right. And so I was really nervous about, you know, doing couples therapy, you know, because people have this mindset or ideology that you don't know relationships unless well you don't know marriage unless you've been married and you know for those who feel that way all well and fine but honey relationships at the base level are is a relationship right all relationships require some of the same things but of course marriage definitely requires a whole lot more And so when I decided to do marital therapy, I felt like an imposter, you know what I'm saying? And I definitely did not want to, you know, make people feel like I was, um, you know, I wasn't going to lie about it and say that I've been married. You know, I mean, I've been engaged. I've uh, had, you know, some long-term relationships, I guess, well, that depends on what you qualify as (laughs) (laughs) long-term. But I'm saying a few years and, um, you know, I have my education, you know, I watch people. Uh, actually I'm pretty good with, with, with couples therapy. Actually that that's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm actually really great at it. And I was like, well, should I tell people, right? Should I tell people that I've never been married before or should I just move, move ahead? And if they ask me, I can tell them no, no. Um, but you know, I try to be honest with my couples and I'll tell them up front. that way I can give them a choice. And out of all of the couples that I have, um, seen, I've only had one couple to say that they wanted someone who, uh, who has been married and, but I, uh, they also wanted someone that was older than me because they were an older couple right? And so I wasn't offended in no form or fashion. Everybody has their, uh, you know, the requirements that they're looking for that will make them comfortable. And I was okay with that. But um, the rest of my couples have not had any issues with it. And me not being married, you know, it did not impede upon my ability to be able to provide such a great service. And so you know, for you guys, if you are, you know, out trying to start a new endeavor or just want to add something extra to the work that you already do, don't be afraid, right? Don't be afraid. At the end of the day, you know, like myself, I get, I give people a choice. Either you want to move forward or you don't. And I can't get upset about it if they don't, but I'm really happy about it when they decide to. So let's take a look at imposter syndrome, right? And 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 just a quick caveat to that story. Um, once I started doing it, it, you know, it just became second nature, right? That fear went away. The imposter syndrome went away. And I think really just giving people a choice and being honest upfront um, helped me to, you know, Not feel like a fraud But if anything I was being ethical I was being honest with people And I was giving people a choice Right So that will be Feeling like a fraud Any day Right So So let's dive on in. Let's dive in. So imposter syndrome, well, what is imposter syndrome? So imposter syndrome, it is a psychological pattern in which individuals doubt their accomplishments and, you know, they have a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud, right? So despite the evidence of their competence and their success, Right. So instead of people feeling confident because they know that they are competent, they have the skill set, they have the credentials, they have the training, they have all of these work hours. Once that imposter syndrome kicks in, all of that stuff goes out the door. It's like people forget all about what they have already accomplished up to this point. Right. And that. um you know, that heavy fear or that persistent fear kicks in and it will definitely cause some people to freeze and they will never move forward with it. Right. Um, But I hope that after this podcast episode, because it's going to be a two-part. I'm going to give you guys 10 strategies in this session. I mean, um, look, I think I'm in, honey, we are in session, right? (laughs) So in this session, we're going to do 10. And then in the next session, we're going to do 10 more tips. Okay. So Let's, let, let's, let's move forward. All right. So people with imposter syndrome, they often struggle with feelings of inadequacy and self doubt. And you know, what they will do is they will attribute their success to luck or some kind of external factors rather than their own abilities. Right? So imposter syndrome, it can definitely lead to some anxiety. It can lead to, you know, ain't that anxiousness nervousness every time you are about to maybe you know meet with someone related to the task at hand or, you know, do anything related to this new venture, you can start to get anxious. You start to get nervous about it. You start second guessing yourself. And it can also lead to depression because if you're if this is something you really want to do and that fear is just debilitating and you just cannot move forward with it, it can definitely cause, you know, Uh, some sadness and as time goes on that sadness becomes really deep and now you can't pull yourself out of it because now you're sitting in depression right but it also does a lot of damage to your self-esteem now for you guys who have been listening to the podcast for a minute, you all know how I, how I am about this whole self-esteem and self-esteem is so important. And when that self-esteem is off, Oh my goodness. Like it's, it's like a house being built on a raggedy foundation, right? Like things just do not work with the house properly, right? The windows won't stay up. You got cracks in the walls, uh, Ants all in the house. It's just a hot mess. Right. So when that self-esteem is damaged, it you is like you can't build anything on that damaged self-esteem. And if you do, it won't it won't sustain. So as we can see that imposter syndrome, it can definitely cause some anxiety. It can cause some depression and it can also cause some self-esteem issues. And it can also interfere with your personal as well as your professional growth, right? So if, um, you know, if you want to take your business to the next level, then you won't be able to do that. You won't be able to add, you know, that extra uh, service to your business because you're just too afraid, right? Or you won't be able to go to your uh, supervisor, and ask for a promotion, right? This, you know, new position just came open and you've been waiting for that position for a very long time. Now that it's here, boom, there goes the imposter syndrome, this debilitating fear. And now you're feeling like, you know, like you're just not able and you're not capable, irregardless of the fact that you've been on the job, you know, for five years or 10 years, irregardless of the fact that you could already be sitting in some leadership position already. Right. And you have, um, you know, a couple of people working under you, irregardless of all of that. Once that imposter syndrome hits, all of that fades out. Right. And, It's like you're starting something for the very first time and you still need to kind of study because you don't really have it down pat. That's how you end up. That's how you feel right when you are dealing with imposter syndrome. And so it can definitely harm that. Uh, personal and that professional growth, and so you know we talk about where you know I just gave you an example of of how it can stunt your uh, professional growth, but it can also stunt your personal growth as well, right? So let's just say um, you wanted to uh, maybe go and speak with your spouse about something that you know you would like to. Uh, change or maybe something that you would like to add to the relationship. Right. Um, and you become so afraid of, um, your spouse or your partner, like turning you away or turning you down because you feel like, well, you know, who am I to, um, ask my partner, you know, to, Do you know such a thing, right? Who am I to, you know, ask my partner um, to support me as I decide, you know, uh, to start this business, right? And uh, being that you have never had a business before, you are afraid to step to your partner because you're feeling like your partner is not going to um, feel like you're competent enough to start a business, right? So instead you never approach your partner with it, you know, because in order for you to start this business, you will need your partner to kind of like sustain you guys financially. And that is a big ask, right? And so when you have such a big ask, it will definitely make you start to feel like, okay, who am I? What, like, what, could what, What credentials do I have? What experience do I have? What knowledge do I have to even think I can even embark on such a journey, but more or less sit and ask my partner, babe, I need you to hold us down financially while I go to school for the next, you know, two or four years. Right. Or, babe, I need you to hold us down because I want to start this, you know, uh, bakery business. And I'm going to need you to hold us down financially. Right, So that personal and that professional growth imposter syndrome can definitely cause some damage there. So what, you know, the next question I guess, you know, we need to ask is, well, you know, Tamikas, what causes imposter syndrome, right? Now, there can be a number of, of, of things, right? Um, you know, it can go back to your childhood when, you know, people just always made you feel like you were never enough, right? Um, it can go back to maybe a time when you were in school or, you know, and it can be the small things, right? Like you were in school and you were doing a science project and, you know, your partner just did not have any faith in you and it just made you feel like. You know, you wasn't capable capable of being such a good partner with your lab mate. Um, it can also show up, you know, if you played extracurricular sports or you know. So it can definitely go back uh, all the way back, right, to your childhood. But let's just look at a couple of areas where, and um, imp- you know, where imposter syndrome can can be developed. Right. So first, let's look at trauma. Right. It can be trauma, you know, or past experiences. Right. And we're talking about, like I just said, in my, you know, in my example, past experiences of failure. Right. Or rejection can lead to feelings of self-doubt and insecurities. Now, I remember a time when my daughter played basketball. She was probably oh my god I think she was she was like maybe fifth no 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 she was in like the sixth grade right and she played basketball and the coach um, was a guy and he um, well no let me go back uh uh-uh, that was the second time okay the first time so she played ball and the coach was a feet, uh, was a lady. And, you know, the girls were, you know, I think my daughter was like around 11 years old and she played basketball with uh, community basketball. And the coach seemed cool initially. And, you know, the girls, they would win games, lose games. But when we got to the finals, they had played this one team um, before the finals and the one that team beat the girls, right? And only beat them. I want to say maybe like about, I think it was less than 10 points, right? And so when we got to the finals, the coach brought in her daughter and a friend of her daughter's, right? Right. Now, mind you, these girls are 11 years old, right? Her her daughter and the daughter friend looked like they were like in the 10th grade, okay? They towered over these girls. And it was so embarrassing because when the girls would go to like shoot the ball or whatever, the girls were so much bigger than them, they would just take the ball out of their hand. Now, as a parent... I was so pissed off because I'm like, first off, these girls are not on the team. You're cheating. And what type of sportsmanship are you teaching our daughters? Right. So the game goes on. I am getting pissed and more pissed. And as a parent, I just decided to take my daughter out of the game. Why? Because I felt that. I was allowing this woman to teach my daughter poor sportsmanship, right Now I pulled my child out of the game y'all I had my child take a jersey off I honestly I threw I threw the jersey at the coach shop and um, when we started when I threw the, the uh, jersey at the coach because I did I was pissed off. Um, everybody started clapping. And I was like, okay, what is the clap for? But they was clapping because they too were upset. But I'm saying to myself, well, if y'all that mad, why is this game going on? Y'all should be walking out the door with me. Um, But you know, so long story short, we ended up leaving. So I'm saying, I'm saying all this to say, you know, just the rejection because my daughter was like looking at me like, mom, why did you pull me out the game? And I'm like, well, because she was teaching you poor sportsmanship. Now, mind you, I played ball when I was in school from 7th through 12th grade. And I just, you know, I didn't want this coach to uh, cause my daughter to, you know, have poor sportsmanship. Right. And so I, you know, I, so I, I did what I felt like I needed to do as a parent and I pulled her out of the game. And so once, you know, my daughter, she understood, you know, eventually she understood what it was I was doing. But so then the next year when she went out for basketball, we had a male coach and the male coach was, you know, all about winning. And my daughter went out for basketball. Now, mind you, my daughter was tall. She was slim. So she would make a fantastic forward. Her defense was off the chain because her mother taught her, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes. And so, um, and so I remember, um, I was standing there watching him, and there was a little girl that was trying out for the team as well, but she was heavy set, right? And so, it was clear that this coach was all about winning. He wasn't about the girl, you know, the girls having fun, uh teaching the girls. He just wanted to win, right? Now mind you, my daughter had only played ball for for that uh one year and here she is trying out again. Now, this little girl, the little girl, she was heavy-set and she was, you know, going out for the team and I overheard the coach while the girls was like doing some little uh, practice drills. He was talking to a father, and he was like, "Yeah, I already because I already know who uh, who's going to be on the team." And I'm saying to myself, "Well, like, how is it that you already know this? Because uh, the girls ain't like tryouts just started. You know what I'm saying?" And so he yelled out to the girl, "I need you to run after that ball like it was a hamburger, y'all." I. I, oh my God, I was like, oh my God, here I go again, now here I go again, about to snatch my child out of the, out of the, off the floor, right, so I was like, and he didn't know that I heard him, right, so he was like, uh, out after that ball like it was a hamburger, and I just was like, you mother, like, sucker, okay, so when we talk about imposter syndrome and we're talking about what could cause it, we're talking about failures and rejection. Now, clearly, this coach rejected that little girl. Right. Clearly, the coach rejected that little girl. And y'all, you know what? I'm realizing I done took the long route to this story when I just could have started here. But anywho, <laughs> I think I was getting the uh, two teens and the years mixed up. But we here now. OK, so when we think about, you know, just number one, the little girl's feelings, right? Because I'm sure if her parents was there, the coach's teeth probably would have been all over the floor, right? Who are you to sit here and first off, embarrass this little girl, put her down. I mean, it was just, I was so, so pissed off. So pissed off. Now I was trying my best to hold my composure, but once I, once he showed me who he was, y'all already know what happened with my child. Right? Like I was ready to snatch her off the court, but I didn't want to do that to her again. I wanted her to go through the whole experience. <laughs> and I was over there struggling, but I let her go through the whole experience. Right? So come to find out my daughter and the the girl who he made the hamburger statement to did not make the team, right? And all I could think about was how does that little girl feel, right? Now, my daughter, I think she was okay, but I think that she did kind of have, you know, uh, feel a little certain way about being uh, rejected and not being on the team. But honey, she got over it so fast and moved on. But that was the last time that she did go out for basketball. And sometimes I do feel like he may have made her, uh, you know what I'm saying? He may have, uh, you know, between the two coaches and the two experiences, they may have caused my child to like be like, man, forget this junk, Right. So when we talk about imposter syndrome, I wonder if that one situation with that little girl ever made her feel. Uh, you know, self doubt herself and you know, embarrassed, uh, low self esteem. I wonder how she feel now. Cause our kid, you know, my daughter is is 24. So I wonder how that girl feel as a 24 year old. Now, granted, this was like, I think it was like the sixth grade. And, you know, she could have blossomed, lost the weight, whatever, whatever. But even if she didn't lose the weight, he was so inappropriate for making that statement to her, like so inappropriate for that. But that one statement could have changed that little girl's um, belief system about herself. Right. So as we talk about what causes trauma, yes, past life experiences, past experiences, past traumas. Right. Experiences of failure, experiences of rejection, and it can lead to what self-doubt and insecurities. And if you keep having experiences like that and there is no one there to to affirm you, then all it does is dwindle the self esteem that you already have, right? It starts to uh, deplete the self esteem that you already have. So, trauma and past experiences. Another cause can be unconscious biases. Right, it's this internalizing societal messages about your ability or limitations based on factors such as race, gender, and socioeconomic status. Right? So oh, now, for all of us African Americans, we already know y'all. I ain't even really got to say nothing right there. We ain't, ain't gotta say anything. But for for everyone all races right and it's not just us african americans you know other races also have societal messages as well and people tend to internalize these messages where you're too you're too dark you're too fat you you're too light your hair is natural your hair is not long enough your nose is big you know it's like society tries to tell us what Or who we supposed to be and what we supposed to look like. And for some people, they internalize that and uh, that can make them feel like an imposter, right? Because they feel like they don't fit the standard, right? But baby, let me tell you something. Do not allow society to tell you who you are. You take your butt out there and you show society who you are right? You do not have to fit society's norms. You do not have to follow the fad, the fad, you know, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. If you don't want to wear lashes, don't wear lashes. If you don't want to wear a perm, don't, right? If you are um plus size and you want to wear that crop top, honey, wear it. But please do not allow this sick societal, uh, view or ideologies determine who you are, because that is not the person that God made. Okay. Back to the regular schedule program. Okay. that was my little rant, but anywho, so, um, so, um, imposter syndrome, right? Unconscious biases, right? Those societal messages that tells us that we're not enough. Right. And that puts limitations on us. And so then people start to think that they are not able and capable of doing certain things because they're not fitting society's norms. All right. So the third thing that can possibly um, the third cause that could possibly cause imposter syndrome is also that lack of um, external validation right? Not receiving enough positive feedback or validation from others, right? So some people have been raised in households where, you know, there was not a lot of nurturing. You didn't hear I love you a lot. You didn't hear great job. You look beautiful. I'm so proud of you. You did that high five, all the things, right? Some people were you know, especially if you were struggling, if your family was struggling and you guys were kind of living in, um, 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 oh God, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, like if you, if you guys were like constantly just trying to survival mode, y'all, that's, that's it. That's it. Work with me. Work with me. If you, if you and your family was living in survival mode, then y'all focus was to survive right so sometimes when people are struggling financially you know um it's like the thought process is about survival what how, what are we going to eat how are we going to pay these bills We got to get you to school. You need some clothes. You need some shoes. You know, what's going on with the car? Like that is the focus. So you're not really focused on the nurturing, the, you know, giving that positive feedback, validating your children, uh, that type of thing. Like that piece tends to, uh, be missing sometimes. Now I'm not saying all the times because you can be, um, poor as all get out and show so much love and attention and validation to your children. So I'm not saying that it's, you know, this is the case for everybody, but it can play a a part in, um, you know, just the focus is somewhere else, right? So as stated, you know, lack of external validation. So you're not hearing, you know, especially when you're on some of these jobs, right? Like, jobs don't understand that when they work to boost the morale and they tell people good job and all of these types of things like that makes you feel seen and it makes you want to do a good job for even further. Right. I remember, I remember when I worked for, um, okay, let me, okay. That's a whole nother story too. But anyway, so I, when I used to work for, uh, public health, right they used to give out these cards called uh, Above and Beyond. And anytime you did a great job, your supervisor would write you a Above and Beyond card just to say good job on the task at hand. And, you know, that was my first time ever experiencing anything like that. And I thought it was really cool. Uh, It made me feel good. It made me feel seen. It made me feel like... Um, you know, my work was valued and that I was valued, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like a sister was trying to work to get as many cards as possible. Cause I, cause you know, my love language is, um, uh, uh, oh Lord, uh, what is it? Words of affirmation, right? I like to hear good job. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's what my mom did for me, you know, growing up. She would always, like, say, good job. I'm so proud of you, Mika. I knew you could do it. You know what I'm saying? Lord, I miss that so much. But... um Lack of external validation. So if you're not getting that, you know, then that too can cause some imposter syndrome, you know, just by not getting that positive feedback. Because, you know, when you get positive feedback, like I just said in my in my story, it makes it kind of like it makes you stick your chest out a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? And it makes you want to like, you know, keep doing a good job, doing your work. You know what I'm saying? It kind of gives you a little satisfaction in doing your work. And so when you don't get that, even, you know, not even just on the job, but just in relationships, as I stated, with your family, with your parents, um, you know, in your relationships, your marriage. Um, even from as a parent, from your children, you know, sometimes we just want to hear, you know, mom, I really appreciate that. Right. Thank you, mom. Oh, mom, you're so kind. Right. Like we want to hear that because we've been working our butts off for our kids. And so sometimes it's really great to just get that external validation um, from your children, from your spouse, from, you know, friends, from your your uh your, your supervisors on the job. Right. So that that external validation is key, but also that internal validation is key. Right. So if you don't know how to validate yourself. Right. Because as we see, like, look around in your life. Right. Look around in your life. I want you to really think about how, like, do you get external validation? Because I want you to also think about if you struggle with imposter syndrome, did you get that external validation growing up or not? Right? Like, let me know in the Q&A, right? If, if, um, I think you can only do Q&A if you're listening on Anchor, but uh, hit us up on social media, right? You can go to my page, um, Mission Dorothy, or you can go to my page, Tamikas Inspired Me. And just, you know, hit me up in, in, in a comment there. I'm going to put the post up for this episode. So leave me some comments and let me know, like, hey, what y'all feel, how you feel about this episode? But also, like, did you get that or were you able to pinpoint where you may have um, gotten your imposter syndrome from? Right. So. That going back to the self-validation, self-validation also is key, too, because if we look around in society right now, people are so hungry for external validation. But what happens if you never get it? Right. If you can't validate yourself, child, you in trouble. You are in trouble right? That self-esteem is going to be super low. You are going to be horrified to move forward and do anything. This imposter syndrome is going to grip you like quicksand and you know, you're going to really be struggling. So in this society, this, you know, society is all about me, 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 right? I don't know what happened to we, us, you know what I'm saying? But it's me and I, right? So people don't even give compliments the way they used to. Like I try to be intentional about giving people compliments because it makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? It makes people feel good. Um, but as we can see, it also helps with boosting self-esteem and it also helps to, um, make people feel like they're able and they're capable, right? So that, but so that internal validation is key. You need to be able to tell yourself good job. High five yourself, hug yourself, pat yourself on the back, celebrate. Because as we go through some of these uh, strategies in order to kind of keep imposter syndrome at bay, one of those is celebrating you, celebrating your successes. You know what I'm saying? So self-validation is definitely important when it comes to imposter syndrome as well, because the way society is moving That external validation, honey, it's almost not a thing anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um, Now, when you uh, give somebody a compliment, they looking at you like you got an agenda. And it's like, sugar, I'm just trying to brighten your day a little bit. But if you don't want it, okay, you know, moving on. So lack of external validation is another. So so far, we've talked about what causes imposter syndrome. We've discussed trauma and past experiences Right. We've discussed unconscious biases. Right. And we've discussed lack of external validation right now in these last two unconscious biases. This is you looking outside of yourself and lack of external validation is you looking outside of yourself. And so. It just shows how much um dependency there is when it comes to. Um, that external, uh, this world, right, and and where we fit in into this world, and how we feel about ourselves in this world, you know what I'm saying? And so that's why it's so important for us to be able to validate ourselves, and you know, be proud of ourselves, and not feel like we have to uh, conform with everything out here in society because child society got on some. Right now, society got on some gasoline draws. Like, this thing is going up in smoke for real. So, anywho, social comparison is the next possible cause, right? Social comparison. This is another external issue, right? Social comparison. Constantly comparing oneself to others and feeling like like you don't measure up. That is, I think that is one of the biggest um, causes of imposter syndrome. So I'm going to go on and say it. That damn IG. Yep, Instagram, right? So many people struggle from imposter syndrome because of Instagram because of Instagram. Y'all better come off that thing. Well, I ain't going to say come off of it, but it's just, you got to learn how to make sure that your feed is feeding you. That's a whole nother episode right there. But social comparison, right? When you are sitting here and you are comparing yourself to others, and let's keep it real. We have all done it, right? And but the goal is, is to not constantly do it, to not constantly compare yourself to everybody else to where you start to lose yourself. You know what I'm saying? Or lose more of yourself because you so worried about what the Joneses is doing, right? What what Shanika got over there, right? What, what does Amy have over there, right? Why is it that I don't have that? I can't afford that, right? And so that you gotta stop comparing yourself to other people, because if God wanted all of our lives to be the same, he would have made it that way. All of us will be walking around here looking the exact same. Okay. Talking the exact same. Right. And so he created variety for a reason. Right. He made each one of us individually to be a individual. Right. And for you to figure out who you are, not to be a carbon copy of somebody else. Look around. Look around. This is so much, you know, it is the carbon copy is real, y'all. It's real. People are so the individuality is almost a thing of the past. It's almost a thing of the past. Everybody wants to jump on the wagon. Right? Okay, I ain't going to even talk about that because I don't want to make people mad. So, I'm just going to keep that little piece to myself. But, okay, no, I'm going to go ahead and say it. All right. These, y'all, these lashes. The lashes. The lashes. All right? Now, everybody is not walking around with tarantulas on on the lid of their eyes. Everybody is not. But just because everybody else is doing it does not mean that you need to do it. And it does not mean that you are going to look good doing it. And that goes with clothing, makeup colors, hair colors, hair colors, hair colors. colors. I digress. Okay, so just because everybody else is doing it does not mean that you need to do it. Now, I'm not hating on folks for having their individuality. I'm not, but some things, some people just do not need to do. Right, including myself. There are certain certain things Tamika is not wearing. Okay, there's certain things because Tamika's know that her body is not set up properly for certain things right? 100. I'm going to keep it real. So therefore I stay away from it, right? But you know, it's people out there with major guts, right? Who is like, I don't give a crap about what y'all think. I, I like it. I want to wear it and I am going to do it. And I so adore individuals like that because they have a level of self-esteem that is really great And they really don't care about what other people say. And I'll say, you know, my thing is I don't care about what other people say, but I have my own standards for myself. And so, therefore, I know that I'm not going to have put myself out there, you know what I'm saying, and be out here looking like a fool. Like, no, ma'am, no, sir. So social comparison, this is a really big one. And this is why, especially like, let's look around. So since, since 2020, you've had a lot of people start businesses, right? A lot of people. But the sad part about it is, and as we can see, and as we feel, when we go out and patronize businesses and businesses are, Uh, you know, don't have enough staff like y'all. Um, a couple of weekends ago, me and my girlfriends went out and I'm not going to tell you where, but we went out to this restaurant. And when we went into the restaurant, the girl said it's, uh, the wait is going to be, what did she say? It was like an hour or something. And we looked around and we was like, ma'am, it ain't holding nobody in here. So why would the wait be an hour? She said, oh, because we only have one server and and one cook. Well, baby, y'all need to close down. Like y'all, I mean, I can count the people like for real. (laughs) So, you know, we left, right? But everybody want to be the boss and nobody want to be the worker. Everybody can't be the boss. It takes a lot to be a boss, Right, and I'm gonna keep it real. It's at the point now where I can't even stand the term boss, like for real, because people are just losing their mind with that term. But everybody wants to be a, a, a owner of a business. Everybody want to be the CEO. Nobody wants to be the worker. Everybody is not cut out to be a CEO right? Everybody is out here trying, copying other people's businesses, thinking that they can do it and quitting their jobs. And, you know, out here having a nervous breakdown because, yeah, the money was good in 2020 because of COVID, but now that life has kind of, you know, gotten back to regular, people ain't sitting at home and doing all the things that uh, they were doing when they were sitting in home, you know, they're not shopping as much as they were there, uh, you know, certain, certain types of businesses, you know, flourished during COVID because we was all locked in the house. But now that life is back, you know, to, I guess this new normal, I guess I'll say things have definitely Uh, changed. And so therefore you have a lot of people who businesses are folding because number one, you was never equipped to start that business in the first place. Number two, it was really due to COVID. And so now you got to really get out here and grind. You really got to get out here and know what it is that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about imposter syndrome, now I will say this. One of the things I am very proud of is these little millennials, like these jokers is out here like what? They are out here trying to get it and is getting it. You know, I mean, to see so many young millionaires is fantastic. Now what they doing, what what some of them doing with that money, okay, it is what it is, but yeah. So anywho. Um, I got a lot to say, don't I? So, so now you have, you know, you go into these restaurants, you go into these stores and people are understaffed and we're feeling it, right? Customer service is crappy, right? Because everybody's frustrated, irritated, aggravated because they're being uh supremely overworked because everybody is understaffed. But you got all these folks I hear trying to be the CEO when in actuality, they really just need to go get a job. Like I'm like for real. So when we go, when we talk about social comparison as a cause of imposter syndrome, like once again, comparing yourself to other people, it may not work for you the way it's going to work for other people. It may not look the same on you that it looks on someone else. Right. And so you're out here and you're trying things that you probably should not try. And then when it don't work out for you, you horrified or, you know, it it cuts your self-esteem. And now, you know what I'm saying? You are um struggling you know and so stick to self like stop if if you are somebody and you compare yourself to other people and you also struggle from imposter syndrome stop just stop be comfortable with who you are right excuse me, because I'll tell you this. A lot of times people feel uh, lost or disconnected because they're constantly chasing the wrong people. Go and find your people and you will definitely feel connected, valued, seen. You know what I'm saying? So, Social comparison is a big issue when it comes to imposter syndrome. So please, if you're on Instagram and you're struggling with comparing your life to everybody else's life on Instagram, come off of it or unfollow. Like I spend the majority of my time um, on my business Instagrams because either I'm posting or whatever for that, but um, my feeds feed me. I'm not watching what everybody else is doing. You know what I'm saying? My feed is about my interests. It's about the things that's important to me. It's about my faith. It's about, you know, uh, my, my businesses. It's about uh, my field that I work in. Um, you know, uh, I like to watch, I like, you know, healthy uh recipes. Like that's what my feed is about. It's not about trying to see what everybody did over the weekend, cause I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like that is not going to help me in no form or fashion. I'm just not. In- I'm just not interested. You know what I'm saying? I want to see things that is going to feed me. That's going to make me better. That's going to increase my faith. That is going to help me to eat healthier. That is going to help me to take care of myself. That is going to help me be a better therapist. That's going to help me, you know what I'm saying? Be a better mother. Like those are the. That's where I put my energy. I'm not putting energy in watching you um, go out with your girlfriends. Um, you know what I'm saying? Or watching you sitting on the beach. Like, I'm just not interested. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing. But that's just not my thing. Right? So if you're struggling with Instagram, like change your feed, let your feed feed you. Don't let it deplete you. Don't let it make you second guess yourself. Don't let it, uh, start cutting away at your self-esteem. Okay. Okay. So if you're one of those who are struggling with the whole Instagram envy, the whole Instagram comparison, take a break, detox yourself. And before you go back on and, and, um, you know, f- regularly change who you follow, right? Go think about your interests. Think about, you know, the things that, um, can make you a better person. Think about, you know, the things that are most important to you and try to find pages that are going to support that. Okay. Lastly, another possible cause of imposter syndrome is perfectionism. Setting impossibly high standards for oneself and feeling like anything less than perfect is failure. That's another one y'all. Perfectionism. Right? If it ain't perfect, I'm not doing it. Right? And all that does, it just stops you from accomplishing your, your 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 goal. And as we see it also supports imposter syndrome, right? Setting impossibly high those unrealistic expectations and standards, right? That that not only you can't rise to, but probably most people can't rise to. Right. Or you may not have the proper resources, the proper knowledge, but you've set this goal, but you're not doing the work to rise to the occasion. Right. So that perfectionism, definitely, it will um, cause you to feel like an imposter because you're feeling like, well, it's not good enough or I'm not good enough. Right. That's all perfectionism do. It just makes you feel like you're not good enough. So I I can definitely see and I can, I hope that you can see, too, how perfectionism plays a part in imposter syndrome, once again, because it leaves you with this feeling like, you know, anything less than perfect is failure. So if I fail, then I'm a failure. And if I'm a failure, then I, poss- I can't I, I, I definitely can't you know, stand up here and try to be a CEO or, you know, do something because now I'm feeling like I'm a fraud, right? So we have went over five possible causes of imposter syndrome. We said it was trauma or past experiences, unconscious biases, lack of external validation, social comparison, and perfectionism. OK, so let's dive into some strategies that you guys can start to utilize in order to keep imposter syndrome at bay. OK, so first all, I definitely want you guys to make sure that you clearly understand what imposter syndrome is. I can only give you so much information on this podcast episode, but I want you to go and do your work as well. For you guys who are my clients, y'all know therapy is, you know, therapy really starts when you step out of your session. So the the same for you all, it starts when you click off this podcast, right? So you got to do the work behind the scenes. So educate yourself further about imposter syndrome. But the first strategy is I want you guys to like recognize and acknowledge your feelings, right? Acknowledge your feelings of self-doubt and imposter syndrome as a normal part of the human experience. It it, it is, y'all. It is. Now, where it's a normal part of the human experience, right, is that we're going to have moments when we don't feel like we are able and we're capable, right? It's when we start to embellish in that, in those, I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. It's when we start to spend the night in those feelings, right? It's when we're constantly self-doubting ourselves, when our speech speaks to, you know, when our speech cosigns the self-doubt, right? So, um, it's a normal part of the human experience to feel like you are, you know, and, and well, let me say this. It's a normal part of the human experience to have these types of moments. The problem is when you sit in the moments, right? So it's normal to feel like you may not be good enough sometimes, But when you start to feel that way all the time or that feeling is lingering for months on end, then you definitely have a problem there because it's normal to, you know, Ha- have a little self-doubt sometimes, but when it's constant and all of your behaviors and your speech cosigns that, that is when you really have an issue and when it re- that imposter syndrome starts to really set in, right? So recognize and acknowledge your feelings, right? Accept the fact that here I am, I'm sitting here, I feel like I have, you know, that I f- I'm feeling like an imposter, but... Also, I understand that it's just part of the human experience, right? I can't stay here. I can't create a life feeling this way, right? So number one, pen and paper, okay, is recognize and acknowledge your feelings. Number two is challenge those negative thoughts, Yes, clients, y'all know I'm getting ready to talk about the ABC model. Mm-hmm. So challenge those negative thoughts. Challenge negative thoughts and beliefs about yourself by gathering evidence to support your accomplishments and abilities. Now, what I want you guys to understand is that all of your thoughts are not valid Right. And all of your thoughts are not yours and all of your thoughts are not real. Right. And what I mean by that is, is like some of our thoughts are created by past experiences. They're created by things other people have said, um, you know, you. Um, Yeah. So, you know, they they they're not all coming from us. Right. You have external uh, contributors and then you also have internal contributors. As well. Right. So challenging those negative thoughts. So I mentioned the ABC models. Now, for you guys who don't know what the ABC model is, the ABC model is a cognitive behavioral therapy modality that you that we teach Our clients to utilize in order to challenge the negative thoughts so that you can retrain your brain to uh, focus on what is true versus what is not, right? So the ABC model. Uh, you can Google it, and it will definitely, you know, help you to uh, understand what the ABC model is. But the ABC model is a direct correlation of of cognitive behavior therapy. What it what it says is when you have this activating event, that event can start to cause negative thoughts about you, and because of those negative thoughts, you you have a uh, way of you have an emotional and behavioral response to those negative thoughts right whether that is cry uh isolate become anxious you know be adversarial with yourself you know uh, your emotional and your behavioral response to that activating event and then you also have D which is disputing right so as this strategy suggests, That you have to work to challenge, dispute the negative thoughts and beliefs about yourself by gathering that evidence to support your accomplishments and abilities. So if you have a negative thought and you never challenge it and you just allow it to continue to keep showing up in different situations, same situations, similar situations, then this thought becomes hardwired. Right. It becomes hardwired. And so anytime something happened, you know, similar to the initial um, event that may have created this thought in you, then it's going to show up. You know, it's almost like, oh, she's crying. She feeling self. uh, She's down because because she failed that exam. Oh, it's my turn. Right. And all the other negative thoughts like, yeah, bro, go ahead. It's your turn. It's your turn. So then here come this negative thought of telling you, oh, you such a failure. You can't do anything right. Every time you try something, you just fail at it. Right. So if you continue to believe these negative thoughts, then your behaviors, the way of the way you move, the way you make decisions, all of that is going to play a part in uh, living out this negative thought of being a failure. Right. So when you challenge that negative thought, you have to take your you got to remember you got past accomplishments. You have you have you've you know, you've had jobs and, you know, uh, successful relationships, successful jobs in the past. You have to utilize those successes and excuse me, accomplishments to remind yourself that, oh, wait a minute. I am worthy. I am able. I can accomplish things. I am not a loser right? If I was a loser, I wouldn't have the job that I have. If I was a loser, I would not have received the awards that I've received. If I was a loser, I would not be a a New York best-selling author, right? So, it's very important for you guys to sit and challenge those negative thoughts. And when you challenge the thoughts, I want you to make sure that you're taking everything into consideration, right? Am I looking at this situ- situation from uh, rose colored lenses? Am I looking, looking at it from a, from depressed lenses? Is there any information that I am leaving out, right? What would I tell my best friend if this was her? Those are some of the questions that you can utilize when you're working to challenge that negative thought. So an example of this will be, I am a failure, right? And so I am a failure is this hardwired thought in your head because you went out for, you know, I don't know, the debate team, or you went out for a new position on your job, Or you started a new relationship and none of that stuff worked out for you, right? So you walked away feeling like a failure. But if we look back in your past, we will see that you do have some successful relationships, right? We will see that there have been times where you have worked in leadership before, right? There will be... Times where you may not have made the New York Times bestseller list, but you may have made the bestseller list on Amazon. You know what I'm saying? Like those accomplishments, when you recall and pull out your accomplishments, it goes against this negative thought of I'm a failure. So. It's not fair for me to say that I'm a failure. I was not successful at this. um, I wasn't successful this time, but there have been plenty of times in my past where I was successful and I did do a good job and I did excel. So it's not fair for me to tell myself that I am a failure because I'm not, right? You have to pull on that... um, um, those past experiences to remind yourself. And that's why, you know, I, I often say it's important to, uh, um, it's important for you to celebrate your successes, right? It's important for you to celebrate your successes. I was having this conversation with a client, uh, yesterday, and that's what I was telling her because, uh, you know, I'm so proud of her. She has, uh, completed her, um uh, like the storyline for her screenplay. So now all she got to do, she said that as a writer, that is the hard part, right? Like coming up with a full storyline for her screenplay. And so now she, everything is organized. Now all she got to do is go in and start, you know, um, writing out the script, you know, And like I told her, I said, you make sure that you take some time to go and celebrate this success. Don't move on to the next step without celebrating this. It's too many times where we will have an accomplishment and we're just on to the next, on to the next. Right. We didn't celebrate. No candle was lit. We didn't get a cupcake. No. A uh, 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 c- celebratory glass of wine. Nothing. We just moved on to the next. Okay, that's done. Whew. On to the next. No, stop. Celebrate that because that is a good opportunity to build your self esteem. That is a, a another weapon in your um, in your uh, arsenal to fight these negative thoughts. Right. So please, please make sure that you celebrate your successes. So challenge the negative thoughts. This is another way to really, um, you know, keep imposter syndrome at bay because it's the negative thoughts that got you thinking it's impo- you're an imposter in the first place, right? The imposter syndrome makes you feel like a fraud. Well, what is holding up this feeling of a- being a fraud? Those negative thoughts. Right. So in cognitive behavior therapy, if you can control those thoughts, you can control those emotions. If you can control your emotions, you can control your behavior. Right. So challenge these negative thoughts, y'all. When it comes up, if he broke up with you, girl, and you're walking away feeling like you ain't worthy, ma'am. What about the other relationships you had? What about the relationships you stepped away from because they were not, um, you know, mature or really was not ready for your level of maturity? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't allow these negative thoughts to define you because nine times out of 10, they are not true. Right. They are not true. Now, what happens if the thought is true? Then you sit with yourself and you think about what can I do to change this? Right. So if you have this negative thought and that negative thought is saying, child, you lazy. And you look around your house and your house is a total mess and you got dirty dishes in the sink. Dirty clothes piled up all over the place, a ring around your tub, toilet nasty, baby. You lazy. It's the truth. It's the truth. Right now, this is this is not, you know, of course, you now, because when you're going through depression, you don't feel like doing some things. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm just saying, just, just lazy. Pure laziness. Right. So if that is the truth, then sit with yourself. And as we started out with these strategies, recognize and acknowledge. Right. Recognize and acknowledge that you are lazy. Right. That is the first start. I mean, first step. Recognize and acknowledge. All right. I am lazy. And then start to Figure out, well, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about this, right? And then start doing your research and, you know, start tackling one thing at a time, right? Go in there and clean up that bathroom, right? And then you have to figure out, well, how do I keep the bathroom clean, right? So one step at a time, if you find that these negative thoughts are true, and I mean, you need hard evidence, Not true because it feels like it. No, you need to have hard evidence that you are, that these negative thoughts are true. But the majority of the time, these thoughts are not true. We don't challenge them. They become hardwired in us and then they start to play a part in our ability to uh, in how we make decisions, how we feel about ourselves, how we move in life, what jobs we take, who we hang around. And it just creates this falsehood um, in your life. All right. So, challenge them negative thoughts. Go and look up the ABC model. I will, uh, I think I'm going to do an episode on the ABC model because I believe in that model 100%. I have seen. Firsthand, hand, this model changed people's life. And I'm talking about where people have been depressed for 50, 60 years. I'm talking about people who have been depressed uh, there for a long time or people who pretty much have no self-esteem. Right, like I've seen this model change people's life, so if you're in therapy and your therapists have not spoke to you about the ABC model, go and talk to them about it in my i I created a therapy workbook and journal it's it's a one uh one book half is a journal, half is a workbook, and in that workbook, you better believe I have that a b c model in there right i'm educating you on what it is. And then on the other page, I break it down so you can really understand it. Okay. And so once I can figure out this whole YouTube thing, y'all, um, with the camera and all of that, I will do a video on YouTube so that we can really work that thing through with the, um, there as well. All right. So challenge the negative thoughts, right? And so um, another um, another strategy that we you know can utilize in order to um, keep that imposter syndrome at bay. Um, I'm sorry. Is reframing right? So what is reframing? Reframing is when you uh, take the frame, this negative frame, and you, uh, you make it, you turn it into something different, right? You're looking at it in a different way, right? So you have to take that negative thought and reframe it. So once you have challenged that negative thought, now it has to be reframed. So we're going to reframe it to the truth. It is not it is um, it is not the truth when it comes to me thinking that I am a loser. Right. And how do how do you refr- how do you reframe that? It is not right for me to say that I am a loser, What I should have said is that I did not succeed this time, but I will try harder the next time, right? So we took that negativity and then we turned that negativity into something positive by reframing how we viewed the situation, right? So take the negative, reframe it to something positive, because once you challenge it in the disputing part of the uh, of challenging negative thoughts, you have to work to reframe it once you found that this thought is not true. Right. All right. So then we have to. So what is the truth? Right. The truth is, is that I'm not a loser. Yes, I, I failed at this this time. But I am going to study hard, I am going to do my best, and next time I am going to pass that exam. You get what I'm saying? So reframe it and take it from a negative to a positive by utilizing the, um, the um, evidence that you have to show that this negative thought is not true. Another strategy is self-talk. Ooh, honey, as they say, we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else each day. So self-talk, right? What we want to do here in order to keep that imposter syndrome at bay is that we want to reframe from negative self-talk. Pay attention, like pay attention to your self-talk. Go like next week or this week. I want you guys to over the next five days, I want you guys to really pay attention to what you say to yourself, right? And a lot of times we don't even recognize how adversarial we are with ourselves because we're we're really not paying attention to what we're saying to ourselves. Ah, oh, girl, you're so stupid. How in the world did you leave your cell phone at home? Dang, I must be crazy, cause I I cannot believe that I'm sitting here looking for my cell phone and it's right here up to up on my ear. <laughs> Right? Like, be mindful of your self talk, right? So, self talk, reframe that negative self talk with positive and affirming statements about yourself. Right? You affirm yourself, not deplete yourself. Not tear yourself down with your self-talk. Because what we have to realize is, is when it comes out your mouth, guess where it goes back into? Your ears. That subconscious is always recording. So you have to really be mindful of when you talk negative about yourself, right? So that self-talk is key. If you're constantly talking negative about yourself, of course you're going to feel like an imposter. Because you are... Tearing down your esteem, your confidence in yourself, your faith in yourself, right? This is you, you know, tearing down the ability to be able to trust your own voice, your own decision-making all with just that negative self-talk. Like people don't understand how important affirmations are, right? affirmations are key because what affirmations do is they affirm you right they pour goodness into you they build you up you know what I'm saying so with uh, with affirmations when you listen to affirmations constantly what it is what it's doing is it's kind of like, it's rewiring your brain. So those negative thoughts that are hardwired, affirmations are, you know, the reason why we try to teach affirmations in therapy is because and why you have so many people like talking about affirmations and doing affirmations is because it's all it's 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 like um it goes in and it helps to kind of clean up all that negative self, all that negativity stored in your subconscious. So if you're pouring goodness into a subconscious that was stored with negativity, the more goodness you pour into that, all that negativity is just going going to start spewing out the other side. But if you're constantly talking negative about yourself, you're just constantly hardwiring all this negativity into your brain, into your psyche, into, you know, um and 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 it cuts down your confidence and your faith and trust in yourself. So that positive self-talk y'all is key. Um there's a book called what to say to yourself when you talk to yourself. If you go on my website, reallifesolutionsga.com and hit books, I have an entire list of books that I tend to recommend. And what to say to yourself when you talk to yourself is on there. And if you guys get the book, let me say this. If you just read the book, it may, it, it, it'll help you, but it's not going to help you as much as if you were to read the book and utilize his website. He has a website called selftalk.com. Now I'm sharing this with y'all. This is not a, um, he ain't sponsoring me and paying me to say this, even though I wish he would, cause I have... I've I've sold several of those books to him. Okay. I mean for him, okay? <laughs> but I believe in this book. And he has a website called selftalk.com and what he asks of you as you read the book is to sign up on the website. He gives you 30 days for free, right? Now mind you, once you sign up and if you don't want to keep it for longer than 30 days, pay attention to when you started cuz in 30 days he's going to charge that char- that card, okay? So he gives you 30 free days. You can go in his self-talk library and he has all of these recordings geared toward different uh, topics. And you can pick the topics that where you feel like you struggle the most. And in the recordings, he is saying good things about you related to that topic. You're kind. You're beautiful. You are smart. You are intelligent. You are capable and able Right. And this is that if we go back to the causes of, um, imposter syndrome, remember one of those was that lack of external validation and what he is doing in these, uh, recorded self-talk, um, recordings, my fault, y'all recordings is he is giving you external validation, Right. And so, if you listen to it three times a day, right? you can listen to it in the morning when you get dressed, you can listen to it on your lunch break. you can listen to it on your way home from work, but at least two to three times a day it's 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 almost like it's unwiring all i mean it's un uh it's unearthing all of those negative thoughts that are hardwired in your brain. It's pouring in goodness. It's feeding you. It's challenging those negative thoughts that you already have stored there, right? And these thoughts are being deposited into you, into your brain, into your subconscious, right? And the more you do it, the more positive you're going to start um, you, you're going to start feeling more positive about yourself. Your self-talk will start to be more positive, right? You will not continue to keep believing the negative thoughts that come up. You know what I'm saying? So go check it out. What to say to yourself when you talk to yourself. That is a fantastic uh, book that really teaches you about the power of self-talk. All right, my next strategy is learn to accept compliments. Lord Jesus, this is one, y'all. Yeah, I know, girl. I know, I know. Mm -hmm. I I can hear y'all saying, oh, yes, that is me, right? Cannot accept compliments. Now, this is something a lot of people struggle with. Not only is this related to imposter syndrome, but this is also related to low self-esteem. Right. And people don't accept comments for a myriad of things. Right. Some people struggle with uh, low self-esteem. Some people struggle because they don't want to outshine other people. Right. And some people struggle because they just don't believe what the person is saying. You know what I'm saying? Really connecting back to low self-esteem, you know, low self, low self uh, uh, view of self. Right. So learn to accept compliments. Right. Learn to accept compliments and acknowledge your achievements. Right. There is nothing wrong with accepting a, a compliment. For you guys who like to dim and dumb yourself down for other people's sake cuz you don't want to outshine them, this is you right here. Right? This is you with a apost- with imposter syndrome. When you're able to accept compliments, it helps to boost your view of self. It helps to boost your self-esteem. It helps to make you feel good. It puts a pep in your step. It makes you feel really great about yourself when you can say, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. Right? That goes back to earlier when when I was talking about how people, some people, when you give them a compliment, they looking at you like you have an agenda. Right, and that is because people don't know how to accept compliments, And I ain't gonna lie, y'all, like I was here. I was one of those people. I was, and the reason why I couldn't accept compliments was because I didn't like to outshine people. People would be like, "Girl, your hair is so cute, girl, I tried it, it, this I ain't even curl it proper properly. Right. Your shoes are so cute. Girl, I haven't had these shoes for three years. That was me. It was. That was me. Right. Because I didn't want to outshine people. Girl, you did a fantastic job. Oh, girl, it wasn't nothing. Right. Downplaying my abilities. Downplaying my style. Downplaying my beauty right downplaying my skills because I did my own hair okay and a sister got skills right 15 plus years of being a professional cosmetologist before I became a therapist y'all and I would downplay it but people kept saying to me because just take the compliment child just take the compliment. And I heard them, and so I started to, you know, I want I started to work on that. And initially, it took everything in my spirit to say thank you, and not say something afterwards, right? But now, when you give me a compliment, thank you. I show appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I enjoy compliments. It makes me feel good. It reaffirms me, right? If I took some time and I curled my hair and did all the things and somebody give me a compliment on my hair, it makes me feel good. It reminds me that I still got it. You know what I'm saying? So, so when if somebody give you a compliment, just say thank you. It ain't about trying, you know, dimming yourself down or you so afraid that, you know, you're going to outshine someone. No, honey, take your shine. You deserve to shine, right? You deserve to be put up on a pedestal for, for a little minute, right? You deserve that compliment. You know what I'm saying? If somebody compliments you on your outfit, baby, you put that outfit together, You ironed that shirt. You color coordinated that outfit. You spent your hard earned money on that outfit. Those cute shoes. Take that compliment. You know what I'm saying? Don't keep dumbing yourself down. Don't keep sending a dog because you're so scared to outshine people. Girl, go shine. Okay. Go shine, please. And shine bright too. All right. Next we have, so, so far we've discussed recognize and acknowledge your feelings. We had number two, challenge negative thoughts. Number three, reframe those negative thoughts to positive. Number four, Monitor your negative self-talk and change it to more positive and affirming statements instead. Um, Next, learn to accept compliments. And the next one is number six, seek support, right? So seek support, seek out support, seek out a support system of people who can provide encouragement validation and support, right? Look around, look around at your friends. Do your friends affirm you? Do they validate your accomplishments? Do they support you? Because if they don't, you need to reassess those friendships. You know what I'm saying? If they make, if it's all about them and it's never about you, That's a problem. If they're never, you know, validating and giving you compliments and telling you good job, girl, and I'm so proud of you. That's a problem. Right. That should be that's that's part of a that's a natural duty of a friend. Right. Is to be supportive. So if your friends ain't supporting you, you need to really assess those relationships. So seek support. Seek out people who don't mind pushing you up to shine, shine, holding you up. You know what I'm saying? Get around people who are going to support you. Y'all like I got some fantastic friends. I have friends who, you know, I just published my first book, my the workbook journal. And I have friends who are not in therapy and have purchased a copy. Right? That's support. Like they are so proud of me to where they just had to buy it just to support me. Those are friends. You know what I'm saying? That is a friend, right? When I opened up my skincare line and on the first day, I made over a thousand dollars. Every last dollar was by people I knew, y'all. Supporting me. Okay? So look around at your friends, your even in your family. Do your family support you? Do they validate you? Do they encourage you? You know what I'm saying? Seek support because that this goes back to that like I said, that external validation. You know what I'm saying? It helps to keep that imposter syndrome at bay. The next strategy is avoid comparison. We've talked about this, right? We've talked about that because comparing yourself is one of the causes. So you want to, again, avoid comparison. Avoid comparing yourself to others and recognize that everyone has their own unique strengths, and weaknesses, right? So I'm not going to go deep into that because I already did when we talked about the causes. So avoid comparison. We know how important that is and that's one of the biggest causes of imposter syndrome. So stop comparing yourself and understand that we all have our own plight, that we all have our own strengths and our own weaknesses. Two people can do the same thing and the outcome is going to be different. You're going to have two different outcomes. Right? So avoid comparing yourself to other people. Avoid comparing your work to other people and what they do. OK, we are, we got I got three more and I'll be done. Y'all hold on. I know this is long, but hold on. My next one is set realistic goals. Right. So this goes back to, you know, just um, that perfectionism and having those unrealistic high standards. Right. So this strategy helps to keep imposter syndrome at bay by setting realistic goals for yourself and focus on achieving them rather than striving for what perfection right progress over perfection okay so set realistic goals set realistic goals that you know that you know that you have a chance of achieving and now, but but let me just give a caveat on to that, right? Because sometimes we need to set goals. Like um, my pastor had gave us these cards, and on the card, uh, you know, at the end of the year, he would always give us these cards, and it'll have like the word for the year, right? But on the card, one of the cards, it said, um, "Set a goal so big that you can't achieve it until you grow." And to the person who can. Right? So I'm not saying don't set, you know, challenging goals. But right now when it comes, if you know you're struggling with imposter syndrome, make sure your goals are realistic. Make sure you have the tools or the ability to access the tools Um, to be able to achieve your goal, making sure that your goal is realistic, right? Because when we set unrealistic, when we set goals and they're really unrealistic or they're really like, uh, impossibly high standards, we setting ourselves up for failure. And then that cosigns what imposter syndrome. Okay, so set realistic goals. Next, we have practice self-compassion. Stop being adversarial with yourself. Right. Practice self-compassion by treating yourself with kindness, understanding and empathy. Because guess what? You do it for everybody else. Why you can't do it for yourself? So have compassion for yourself. Know you're not going to always accomplish everything you set out to, right? Know you may not be able to ever do it better than somebody else. Know you may not have the lifestyle that other people have. But at the end of the day, it's okay. Be kind to yourself. Be understanding. Understand that you can't do everything, Right? Understand that right now may not be the time for you to be to be a boss. You might need to be a worker right now. You know what I'm saying? So that you can learn, so that you can cultivate, so that you can grow, so that you can mature. Right. So practice compassion, practice self-compassion, because we can show compassion for other people. But are we showing it to ourselves? Okay. And last for this Episode is, and I probably should have saved this one for the next episode. But develop a growth mindset, develop a growth mindset by embracing challenges, learning from mistakes, and seeing obstacles as opportunity. For growth. A growth mindset. Right? So if you're going to grow. Failure is going to be a part of that. And when you fail. It's cool. Embrace it. Learn from it. Right? And see it as an opportunity to grow. I remember when I took my. LMSW exam. This is the associate license in order to, before you can become a LCSW, which is a licensed clinical social worker, right? So I took my LMS licensed master social worker exam. Now I took this exam, um, was I? I think I was in my master's program. I think it was like toward the end of my of my master's program. It was either then cuz I remember when I took it I called um Renanda who was she was over. She worked she was like she was a key player in the social work department over at Georgia State, right? And Child, I took that test, y'all. I studied. I have test anxiety too. So I studied for that exam and studied for that exam. And went in there, y'all, and failed. Now, mind y'all, when I take an exam, I have a whole ritual that I have to do before I can even sit down at the desk, okay? And so I went in there, I was confident, I was feeling good, all the things, right? Went in there, took that exam, y'all, and failed. Failed by four points, four points. Horrified, y'all. Failed, right? And, oh, no, 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 y'all, I'm getting my story mixed up. That's why I was like, it was either at the, at the end of my master's. No, 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 That's not the one I'm thinking about. But that one is true. When I took my LMSW exam, I failed by four points. But another time I failed was that GRE. <laughs> y'all, okay. That GRE, for, for, for those of you all who took the GRE, y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, I went in there and I took that GRE, but I ain't going to lie, y'all. I walked in there, I I knew I was going to fail. I knew it. It was a little, I, I had a little bit of, you know, I was trying to be optimistic, but a sister already knew that GRE was a challenge for your girl. And Georgia State required a certain score, right, in order for you to get into the master's program. And... Child, I went in there and took that GRE and failed royally. I came out. Now, well, first off, while I was sitting in the waiting area, it was a little girl in there. She was like a bit of 18, 19, somewhere in there. And she was like on the phone with somebody and she was like, yeah, cause you know, last time I took it, I got like a 1400. So I just decided to retake it again because I wanted to get a higher score. Girl, I'm looking at her with all of the fury (laughs) in my heart, child. I was so envious of her. You understand? I was so envious of her. And so... Here I am sitting here in my thirties, taking this GRE, watching this little girl talk about she just taking it for the hell of it, a second time. Made a fantastic score the first time, right? So I failed, and so I failed that GRE. And what I did was I was horrified. And when I came out, I called Renanda, and I was crying so hard because I knew that that meant that I could not get into the uh, the master's program, right? And so my, my master's program was a master's in a year. It was a program that I was trying to get in where I can get my master's in one year. Right. And you had to have a certain score and I did not get half of what they wanted. Okay. I ain't get half of it, y'all. All right. So when I told, I can't even remember what my score was, but when I told her, I said, I said, I think, I I think they just gave me the amount you get for just showing up. (laughs) like Whatever you get for just putting your name on the test, honey. That's how I was feeling that day. So she, so, you know, so I had to go through a couple of little hoops, you know, in order to get into the program. And, you know, just through the grace of God, just through the grace of God. Um, I was still was able to get into the master's program. I had to get some more, um, uh, what you call them? Um, I can't even think of it, but you know, I had to have a couple of more professors write letters for me. And, uh, I had to write an essay of why I felt like I would be a good addition to the program. And, um, you know, and I did, and you know, I got in. So what's for you is for you. You hear me? What is what's for you is for you, because I did not get the right score and I was not supposed to get in that master's program. But I I went forward anyways and I used that failure as an opportunity to grow and I didn't allow it. You know, I didn't allow it to stop me. You know what I'm saying? Now, I could have bowed down and I could have just, you know, said, forget it. And I just would have continued to curl hair. You know what I'm saying? I just would have continued to be a cosmetologist. But that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to become a social worker. I wanted my master's because I had some goals that I needed to achieve. And failing this GRE was not a part of it. But I learned from it. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things that it taught me is to never give up because what is for you is for you. You know? And even when I took that LMSW exam, I failed that exam by four points. Now, I ain't going to lie. Both of them, I cried. Like I told y'all, I was a, I was crying like, I mean, I had the ugly cry with that GRE. Now, with that LMSW, I cried. It wasn't the ugly cry, but I cried because... At that time, I was trying to get a new job and I needed to have that LMSW to get that to try to get a, a better job. Right. And so I took that and I utilized that. I utilized a growth mindset and I did not allow those failures to stop me from accomplishing my goals. You know what I'm saying? And and I was able to accomplish my short-term and my long-term, you know what I'm saying? Which is what I do right now, having my own private practice. You know what I'm saying? And so I did not allow uh, the failure to stop me from growing, right? So that is another part. Like when people when people fail and when you don't, you know, if you don't make the uh, cut, then now you feeling like you're an, an imposter, that plays a huge role in why people feel like imposters as well, because they may not have the credentials or I couldn't pass the exam or, you know, um, I didn't I didn't graduate from college or like. No, no. Growth mindset. OK. Do not allow your failures to stop you from achieving what it is that you want to achieve. Utilize. Like when I when I failed that. uh, Thank God I didn't have to go back. Y'all and take that uh, GRE again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. But that LMSW I did and I had to go back. But what I once the tears dried up, you know, and I accepted right going back, recognize and acknowledge, right, accept When I accepted the fact that I failed that test, guess what I started to think about? Well, guess what? At least I know what's on the test now. So now I know how to study. I know what to study. Right. Now I know what to study. So when I got home. Cause it didn't take long, like them tears dried up and I started plotting and planning for when I was going to take that exam again. Cause remember I needed a better job, right? I was raising my, my baby, I had mortgage card note, the bills, right? And so I needed to make more money, especially because I was in school. So I was, child, it was a whole situation. Like God is so good, but I'm gonna have to come back and tell y'all my story. Because my story is a testimony. It really is. It's a testimony for every single mother out there who feel like she cannot do what she wants to do because she has a child. Like, my story is a testimony. But anywho... I was like, okay, well, I know what's on this exam now. So when I went home, I I sat, I took out a piece of paper and I wrote down everything that I could remember from that exam. And that helped me to figure out what to study. And when I went back and I took that exam, child, I passed. Yes, and a sister got another job. Hello? Okay, won't he do it? Yes, he will. All right, you guys. So that is it for me. This has been a long episode. I don't even know how long. I guess I'll know once I end this uh hit hit end. But I know that this was a long episode. And if you stay here through the whole thing, thank you so much. If you gotta chop this thing up in pieces, I understand that too. But I hope that I brought some value to you today in this episode, because I know that imposter syndrome is, uh, something that happens to all of us at one time or another, you know what I'm saying? And so I just wanted to make sure, you know, that, uh, I wanted to come back in with a bang y'all. I wanted to, you know, um cover a topic that I know a lot of us have struggled with or are struggling with. And here we are. We're at the beginning of the year. I know you guys got some goals. I know you guys have some dreams. Do not allow imposter syndrome to stop you. Okay? Do not allow it. Right? So real quick, let me let me just give you a, a overview real quick, right? So what causes Uh, What causes imposter syndrome, perfectionism, social comparison, lack of external validation, unconscious biases, and traumas and past experiences. Okay, those are some of the contributing factors. There's more, but those are some. What are the first 10 strategies that I have given you in order to keep imposter syndrome at bay? Number one, recognize and acknowledge your feelings, right? Number two, challenge the negative thoughts. Number three, reframe those negative thoughts to the truth and positive thoughts. Number four, self-talk. Change the self-talk from negative to positive and reaffirming. Number five, learn to accept compliments, ma'ams, gents, ma'ams and gents, okay? Okay learn to accept compliments. Number six, seek support. Find people who are willing to validate, who is willing to support, who is willing to encourage. Number seven, avoid comparison. Number eight, set realistic goals. Number nine, practice self-compassion. And number 10, develop a growth mindset. Please make sure that you guys write this down. Please make sure that you go and do further research. Further research. Excuse me, okay? So I hope that I brought value today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I hope that it helps to start the path of you getting over Um, imposter syndrome so that you can learn how to trust your own voice decisions and just trust yourself overall. All right. Okay. You can do it. I know you can, you can do it. So I'm out. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day and I will see you in the next episode where we will pick up on Uh, We'll pick up with 10 more strategies that you guys can use in order to keep imposter syndrome at bay. All right. So signing out with part one, have a good one. And thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for listening. If you have the opportunity, please check me out on Instagram and TikTok at Tamikis inspired me where I'm giving you more tips you can use in your everyday life. Right. Um, and if you are in therapy, please check out my books on Amazon for the ladies. It's called consciously choosing me, getting my life together, one step at a time. And for the fellas, it is called letting go of what no longer serves me. It's time to let it out. Okay. Check out my therapy companion workbooks on Amazon. I appreciate you guys and until the next episode, have a fantastic one and I love you guys. Bye.